When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. As always, I am Matt Williamson, and let's dig into further notes from yesterday's game. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports betting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets at our self-service kiosk or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got a lot of little things to touch on here. Um, Start with the offense. Trubisky, I mean, his first go-around when he was a starter. Very conservative with the football. Um, You know, check it down a lot, not pushing the ball down the field. And what we never know about these guys are, what are they told by the coaching staff? What are their instructions, you know? Well, in this game, he was ultra aggressive. I mean, maybe too aggressive, certainly with the picks, of course, um, forcing the ball into tight windows, but also did it pretty well on a lot of instances too. I mean, attempting throws he never would have tried before, Completing throws he never would have thrown before. Um, intercepting balls he never would have thrown before. But he was often successful. And his mindset was clearly different. And in a game that you knew was going to be low scoring, tight, run the ball, is he just looking at this thing saying, hey, what do I have to lose? I mean, this might be my last tape to put out before the offseason. I'm going to go down guns a-blazing. I'm guessing that's what happened, but and I don't even blame him. I mean, he's you know he's got to do things for himself as well. Um, but I just want to note that you know, I mean, it was a different quarterback than we saw the guy that got benched, who was very close to the vest. So I think that's interesting. If he plays next week, what what's he going to look like from that regard? A um, couple things too. I mean, some schematic stuff that's become more of a trend. So much max protection. I mean, seven-man protections, keeping in a tight end, a back, two tight ends, really only having two receivers in routes, far more than to my liking, to be honest with you. And then sometimes you'll have Najee or Warren chip or drift out or kind of be somewhat of an outlet. That's just hard on those two receivers. I mean, Deontay and Pickens, both of whom played quite well. I mean, you're going to get a lot of attention with a two-man route. And I don't know if the Steelers' protection is so abysmal that they can't survive with five or six protectors more often. So I don't love that. Um, They did get the running backs a little more involved as receivers, which I'm in favor of. I mean, that doesn't need to be a staple of the offense, but both Warren and Harris should be catching 
five balls a game between them, something like that. You know, I mean, and there's are easier throws. You get good ball carriers in space past the line of scrimmage. And I've told told you guys forever, Najee's a good route runner, especially for a big back with really soft hands. And Warren's good at it too. He's also good. Both are good in protection as well, as we kind of talked about. But that's sort of a positive. Um, yet, I mean, there was a lot of max protection. So a lot of two receiver routes. And as we mentioned, you know, still only four targets for Pickens, who's making plays when he's, quote, covered. And I know he's on credit for three, but there was one in the end zone that was a very good play by him that he, you know, he got a, a DPI on. Um, so that's just not going to cut it. I mean, so what? So you have six targets over the last two weeks? Can't happen. I mean, especially now that the season's basically shot. Let's see what he happens when he gets 12 targets a week going forward. Rain or shine, you know, if they're rolling protection his way, throw him a quick slant, throw him a bubble screen, heaven forbid, an in-breaking route deep, a post, a, a deep dig. And it makes me crazy. Um, Gunner, I know they're searching for a third guy and maybe Sims doesn't have to play all the snaps. He just offers nothing as a receiver. He continues to play a lot, goes back to the blocking and the toughness and the end arounds. Well, that's all great, but we need to score points here and we need to create big plays and we need to get open. And Gunner doesn't do any of those. Um, I told you yesterday about that stat about early downs with only one tight end on the field. It's stewing in my mind that Gentry's playing that much more than Fryermuth in that situation. That That's in lunacy to me. Of course, the logic in defending it will be, well, he's a better blocker. We don't run the ball. Well, he didn't really run the ball, and he's not that great a blocker, and he offers nothing as a receiver. And Fryermuth's a star who's on the sideline holding his helmet. Crazy. Um, yet all of that, um, I don't even know it's that bad, but I just didn't know this number until yet till this morning, the Steelers allowed six quarterback hits over the course of the game. I don't really have a problem with that number. Their protection certainly wasn't great, but if you are max protecting a lot, you would like that number to be a little less. It's not an egregious number, especially as much as they threw the football. I mean, so you're going to, and, and they actually pushed the ball down the field. So you're going to get quarterbacks hit more whenever they hold the ball a little longer as routes develop. But I didn't see that six-hit number until today, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, this was a weird game, of course, because the Ravens are weird. But so are the Falcons and so are the Panthers next week in terms of extremely run heavy. But what we saw in this game was a lot of the three-man front, three-man D linemen, big guys, a nose tackle and two DNs, two Cam Hayward types. Two edge dudes who most people call outside linebackers, but they don't back the line, as well as three inside linebackers. So they really had, they did that a high percentage of the time, and that's not unique against Baltimore. That's something they employ quite a bit. So it's almost like a 5-3 is the best way to think about it with, you know, three defensive backs on the field, often only one corner. Rarely do defenses in today's NFL play with one corner on the field. You might see more with four corners than you do with one across the league. And I'm not even saying it's wrong. I mean, this team doesn't throw. You want to beg them to throw. Their receivers stink. So I have no problem with the tactics. But it's scarier that they got gashed so much with all their run defenders on the field. I mean, they have all their big people on the field, all the run defenders on the field against their big people and run, run blockers. And it still had that result. Uh, my last little nugget here before the break, 
27.3 net yards per punt by Presley Harvin. Now, I've been a little bit of a defender of him because I've watched him in camp just boom things and do rare punter stuff, but the inconsistency now is too overwhelming. Uh, this can't be tolerated. I mean, maybe for the rest of the year or whatever, but they're, you can't just go into camp and say it's his job. However, if you watch the game, he got two awful bounces too. You know, I mean, do I know enough about punting? Should this have been an end-over-end one? Should this have been a knuckleball to avoid those bounces? I don't. But he did have two awful bounces. But this is a trend with him in terms of inconsistency. Uh, Quick break here. Quick sip of my water. We'll be up with some uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, and another little nugget. Not a ton of thumbs up. Um, Deontay, I thought, played... Deontay and Pickens. Everyone's going to give Deontay a hard time because he ran backwards again. It was like one yard. It's a problem. His uh, football IQ is not exactly off the charts. Doesn't mean he's dumb. That's not what I mean. I just This doesn't... Situationally, he does some things that make you crazy. But overall, watching the game a second time, I thought Pickens and Deontay really played well. I mean, that those guys did their job and more. Um, a third receiver is very much in the cards, is moving up my wish list more and more for the offseason. Talked about Fryermuth a little in terms of his usage. Well, his play was great. His usage is the problem. I mean, he needs to be on the field every snap or 90% of the snaps. He looks great. He's getting open. Um, Trubisky's forcing him to football, you know, which led to some interceptions because he's doing good things as a route runner and he's a weapon. The new dude, I mean, again, I'm down on Gentry, is Connor Hayward. And again, Connor and Gentry are so different, but the the movement skills and playmaking skills that Hayward brings to the table is enticing. And at this stage, I want him to play 25 snaps, not 12. He's also a pretty good blocker. I mean, he's not a hammer. He's not 270 and 6'6", but he understands leverage. He's tough. I want more Hayward and Muth, less Gentry, drastically. Um, watching this game a second time, too, I thought TJ was better in this game than he's been the last since injury, you know, the last two games or whatever. Of course, he didn't get as many opportunities to rush the passer and really tee off, so... You know, he's not going to get five sacks in this game, but he played a very high percentage of snaps, even for when he's healthy. So I thought that was really good. Um, A step in the right direction. Edmonds was really good. I mentioned the safety tackles numbers. He was near the box a lot. He was on uh, Andrews a lot. Played a real solid game. Minka was even better. I thought Minka was all, all over the field, used in a variety of ways. Um, those two were often, as I mentioned, the three defensive backs along with Sutton, who also had an excellent game. Uh, last night I said, boy, I thought the defensive backs covered well, Uh, not that Wallace was bad or any of those guys, but Wallace only played 28 snaps. I mean, that was number two amongst the corners. That's a 
crazy number. I mean, for the second most corner snaps to only be 28 snaps, and he did fine. Sutton played almost every down. Edmonds and Minka were out there the whole time. So it was those three. And the back half of the defense played really well. I mean, run and pass. The front seven was junk. Um, my thumbs down, Gunner, Gentry. I often think this way, and I said this often about like Ray Ray McLeod last year. Like, if, if those guys are on the field, the defense says thank you. I want to play against Gunner. I want to play against Gentry. You know, what you bring as a toughness blocker, whatever, doesn't trump your lack of playmaking skills. They're too easy to play against. They're too easy to game plan against. And when they're on the field, it's easier to roll coverage to Deontay and Pickens and play the run and all that stuff. Um, probably goes without saying the run blocking was bad, but I'm going to single out the interior of the O-line in particular. Like, I mean, that's a, a very good group of run stuffing D tackles. We know that, but their run blocking in this game was subpar guard center guard. Um, the short of it, the entire front seven, or in this case, front eight, the entire D line. Well, no, not the outside linebackers. Watt and Highsmith. Did not play poorly. I mentioned Watt before. So the entire D-line room and the entire inside linebacker room. Thumbs down. Uh, And then there was three Ravens I thought played well or or noteworthy. Their their center, Linderbaum, smaller guy. Never thought he fit their scheme. I loved him coming out of school, though. He had a heck of a game. Manhandling whatever nose they put over him. Getting to the second level. He was really good. I warned you about Patrick Ricard, their fullback slash move guard. He was great in this game as well. And then the thumbs down was, I think, their best corner is Humphreys. Steelers went after him with Pickens, Johnson, down the field, and had success. I thought they would shy away from him. But that that was encouraging. Uh, Last little nugget is I really think the message now in the building has to be something along the lines of, yeah, of course, we're still alive. We're trying to win every one. But this year's performance, excuse it away any way you want, means that none of you are really guaranteed anything next year. That means coaches, that means scouts, that means, you know, every player. We know Kenny's going to be back and TJ's going to be back. But you really have to look at this last month and be like, it's audition time for, do we want you in camp next year? Do we want you under contract next year? And I think you have to make that clear to your position coaches, which then tell your players in the room in one-on-one situations. And I'm sure Tomlin will. So that's a wrap, folks. Over and out.